All right, let's talk about Grey's Anatomy. Um, one of the storylines that we have is with, uh, I think, Owen's son. Well, Owen and Teddy's son now, I guess. And the, um, you know, he's about, what, three, two or three years old. And he likes wearing uh, tutus and, I guess, girls' clothing. Um, more so right now we're seeing he's wearing costumes. And I think the thing here is he, you know, they're being accepting, the parents being accepting of this little boy who likes to wear what is considered girls' clothing. And it's it's not heavily discussed because the child is, like I said, two or three years old. And um, we saw it last week when it was brought up at the wedding, but now it's becoming a little bit more of a point of discussion. Because when Teddy brought the kids to the uh, uh, daycare at the hospital, the guy, there was, I guess, the person who's in charge of daycare was at the door to greet everyone. And he was staring at um, the little boy and noticed the little boy wearing the, uh, what is it, Elsa, Elsa. Um, outfit and everything. And so Teddy was getting a little, got uncomfortable. And she said, I'm sorry, you're, you're staring at my son. It's uncomfortable. And uh, the guy was saying, oh, I'm, I've been looking for this costume from with um, my wife. You know, we have a child and we've been looking for this costume. So I was just wondering, where did you find it? And Teddy got a little bit more relaxed at that point. And she was like, oh, okay, you know what? I'll tell you, I'll give you the information about where I found this costume. So she felt a little bit more at ease. But not really, because later on we see her bring this conversation up yet again to, well, how does she bring it up? She brings it up, but she's trying not to act like it's a big deal, but it's something that's gnawing at her nerves. And Owen, you know, he, he's not, he's pretty much like, you know, you would think Owen would be like, cause he's such the man's man and I'm the soldier and all of that stuff. He's really just like, it is what it is. I really don't have an issue with it. It's not a problem. And I don't think Teddy has an issue with it. She doesn't want it to be an issue for their son going out into the world and being accepted for who they are and all of that. And I think that's where her issue is. And Owen reassured her. He said, it, it might be tough for him. I get it, but we love him and this and that. We're not going to worry about what people are going to say, what people think. And I love it. I love that they brought it up because it's a, it's a different thing when the children, when you come up with children and issues about uh, freedom of expression, issues of sexuality, issues of, um, you know, that sort of thing, it gets really complicated when they're children versus, you know, young adults, you know. So when you're talking about someone as young as like this person, maybe he, he might be like three at the most. It, it becomes even more touchy because the argument about sexuality and this and that, it, it, it becomes a big issue. But I'm glad they brought it up and not make it, they didn't blow up the issue like it could have been blown up. They kept it very surface. So that was a good storyline to see. I like the way they integrated it into other things that they're doing and just kind of put it out there and then like pull it back. We're going to leave that alone. So we got, let's get to Meredith. Meredith is still in Minnesota contemplating the notion of working in at this clinic with her own team, her own lab, finding a cure for Parkinson's. So because Parkinson's is a neurological uh, situation, disorder, what have you, uh, she is called in 
her sister to come through Amelia. She's called Amelia Shepard to come by and check it out. And first of all, Amelia didn't know what she was coming there for exactly. So when she gets there and she sees the clinic, she's like, you got to be kidding me. You're never going to come back to Seattle. You know, you have your own clinic and all of that. And Meredith explained to Amelia, you know, what the process, what this was actually about and wanted to get her opinion on it. Amelia is all in. Amelia is, you don't have to ask her twice. She is all in. She wants to do cutting edge medicine research. This is right up Amelia's alley. It didn't take long. The doctor who is, um, who's there, uh, I forget what his name is, but the doctor who has Parkinson's, uh, he, you know, he, he, he didn't have to do a lot of talking to Amelia to convince her about this whole situation because she was like, I'm in, what's going on? Where do I sign up? And it's all contingent upon Meredith saying yes. And Meredith is still toying with the idea. And the big thing is for one, she doesn't want to leave Grace Sloan. She just got through, you know, dealing with and recovering miraculously from COVID. She has kids there. She has stability there. Well, the kids have stability there and it's just a hard if she didn't have the kids, I think she'd be willing to go at, at a snap of the, uh, the fingers. But because of that, and I think there's just this, I owe it to them at Grace Sloan to be there with them. So there is that little guilt there. But she definitely wants to do it. She's not against it. She's just in a precarious situation. So we got that going on throughout the episode. We also got her with this guy who, again, like I said last week, reminds me of her, her ex, her, well, her husband, her I'm not gonna say ex-husband, but you know, well, her departed, her her late husband, I should say, late husband. You know, he leaves her a little note in the morning because he didn't get a phone number. He wants to ask her out. He wants to spend time with her, and she's interested. Okay, she's actually interested. She wants to be with him as well. So, you know, um, how this gonna work? You know, I don't know, but she's definitely interested in him. Okay, without a shadow of a doubt. Um. So let's uh, kind of move forward here. So let's. So now let's let's deal with some of the patients. Oh no, let's go with the the residents. So we're dealing with Bailey is constantly dealing with this um, uh, shortage of surgeons, and then she's Richard is dealing with issues with the residents not being at the level they need to be at. So he meets with them and he lets them know, he tells them, you're not at the level that you need to be at. And that is due to the pandemic last year. There weren't as many surgeries going on. You didn't get the significant amount of practice. So therefore, we need to go back to the skills lab and get you properly prepared and up to speed. So um, with that being in mind, you know, one of the residents, you know, well, most of them are just kind of like, uh, I'm not really up for this, but they know they need to do it. They know they need to do it. It's not like it's, uh, 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 it's not like it's not going to happen. You know, you're going to do it anyway. So the whole skills lab competition, it kind of gives you the days of going back to the early days of all the residents. Well, actually not even residents, they were interns competing against one another for, surgeries and all that good stuff. So it, it Bailey made reference to like, it brings back the good old days and she kind of likes it. Then Bailey got to deal with one of the, uh, another doctor came through and she's been avoiding him because she knew what he wanted. He is ready to retire. He's not interested. His, 
you know, I, the, what we're seeing here is how the pandemic affected um, the world of medicine. Uh, we got issues with the residents and not being up to speed with their surgeries and all of that, the processes, and they're not where they should be. We got surgeons or even doctors, not even necessarily surgeons, who are just like at their, you know, the pandemic caused burnout. They're not as interested. Uh, they are looking to do something else more fulfilling. You have some doctors who are stating that at this point in their life, because they've seen so much loss at such a rapid pace, they're ready to turn their life around and do what's what's going to make them feel happy and fulfilled. So that's what the case with one of the doctors that told, uh, that told uh, Bailey, he said, look, I'm no longer happy and I want to go, he wants to become a writer. So, you know, that's, that's what it is. He wants to be a writer. He's done with this. All right. So she, you know, she got to deal with that, filed the paperwork. Um, I guess now we get into some of the patients. So we got, one patient who, uh, well, one patient, she is, uh, uh, she has, she has diabetes and she's on dialysis and she also has issues with blood clotting. Uh, she is an African-American female. I'm going to say she's probably in the age range of uh, late thirties, early forties, somewhere around there. And she's this, this very positive spirit. She, she blogs a lot, you know, cause she says one of her things is, she has been sick for a long time and she's lost family members to the exact same disease, kidney disease. And she wants to, you know, kind of show people that, you know, the positive sides of her life and not, you know, people to feel sorry and, and that there, there possibly is hope, but she's also realistic with all the clotting. It makes the catheter tubes hard to remain because her body rejects them. And she really should be on the kidney uh, list donor uh, kidney list uh, should be on the list for a transplant, but because of her pre-existing conditions and all of that, and her levels are not where they need to be, um, she's not on the list. So this is where we get Dr. Winston is fighting for her to be placed on this donors, uh, you know, on on the on, on the wait list to get a transplant. We get the storyline about the standards that they use to determine uh, where a person is and where they should be in their numbers to determine if they can be on the transplant list is a very dated standard that they have developed. It's been over 20 years. And with that, you know, as, as Dr. Winston also has researched and figured out that the standard was, you know, they, he looked at their other patients that are on the list with similar, very similar situations as his patient, but they're white, so they're on the transplant list. And he goes into and he's telling, you know, as he's pleading his case to Dr. Bailey, you know, he's telling her about, you know, you know, the standards was used, you know, they, they, there was a discrepancy with black people thinking that we have higher, you know, toler pain tolerance and different bone densities and all that stuff. And none of that is true. So that standard to determine the number and all of that, my doctor, so I'm just trying to do what I can isn't it's antiquated and needs to be reevaluated and 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 dr bailey is totally with it however the nephrologist that he brought this up to she was like look but whatever the is standard we've been using is what we use you know and we really can't change that and he was like yeah we can change it because why are we using something that isn't that first of all it's not even it's not correct and, and the, the, our research shows it's not even the correct standard to use 
you know, so we need to reevaluate the standard and, you know, get more people able to be on this list that need to be on this list. So I, I, I like that whole thing. He had a resident with him that, you know, he was teaching her, you know, the right things. And he was like, look, you know, this is old antiquated type of thinking and we need to be a little more cutting edge and forward thinking. Totally agree with that. Love that storyline. So then we get another storyline where we have um, former so well, a soldier, you know, he comes in he's with his son. They were in an accident and, you know, the son is being, they're both being treated. And of course the soldier, the guy, he's just, he was, you know, he's not in the army anymore, but you know, he was a former soldier and he fought for the country and he was did about three or four different tours and all of that. He's very sick and he he's ad, he's adamant about, I just want to spend time with my son. I want to be with my son. He's checking on his son. I need to see my son. I need to get with my son. And Owen is like, okay, you know, that's, I, I, you know, we're going to work on that, but we need to do a workup on you. We need to test this and test that. And in the process of him trying to figure things out, the guy starts coughing up blood. So they do some CT scans. They do whatever they need to do. He calls in Teddy and his lungs are just, he has pulmonary something disease. He's just, his lungs is messed up. Turns out this guy knew it. He already knew that he had whatever. He said, I was diagnosed a year ago. So I know what the situation is. I don't have time to try to do different tests and all of that. You know, I just want to spend what little time I have left on this earth with my son. And that's it. Um, so that was a heartbreaking storyline to watch, you know, because it's not like, you know, it wasn't a happy ending. You know, uh, he ended up leaving the hospital. His son was discharged. Uh, the other doctor, I forget, oh, God, I can never remember his name, but the other doctor who's the uh, pedi pediatrician, since his son was, dis was, uh, was, was discharged, he wanted to be discharged with his son, so he went ahead and discharged the father. And when Owen found out, Owen's like, well, why would you discharge him, knowing this and that and the third, talking about his, you know, what he got? And the guy said, the other doctor said, look, I know what he has. He wants to be with his son. He understands the process. He understands all of what you're saying. He doesn't feel like he has a time. You have to realize, he said, you're making decisions based on you have little ones at home. He said, I've been there. I have sons at home as well. But we have to look at the reality and separate our feelings for what the reality is. This man's situation is terminal. Let him go ahead and enjoy his time remaining with his son. So Lauren had to step back on and was like, okay, I feel you on that. That's cool. So then we get to, we got the, uh, uh, what's the other? Oh, we got um, Wilson. She, again, you know, she wants to spend all her time with her, her child and all of that. But now she's doing her residency in um, OBGYN and she's examining this woman who's complaining of stuff who had complained of stomach stomach pains come to find out when she did the initial examination someone had a strawberry in her hoo-ha <laughs> she had a strawberry in there so you know it, this woman said she was working on some type of ritual and she messed some things up and she has something that's in her stomach and okay so this will be a surgery to extract whatever the yanni egg because that's what she had in her stomach out of her stomach so you know I, I don't know um so whoever wins in the in the residency training whoever wins 
they had a contest to do certain things. And whoever gets the highest number or the, the, the best number at the end of the training of that day will get a chance to do a solo um, surgery at their level, whatever their level is. So it turns out Schmidt was, you know, he ends up being the winner and he ends up going into the surgery. And the good thing about it was we got a chance. Sorry about the background noise. We got a chance to see all the residents come together to kind of help him out. Because he, he took out the yoni egg, but then he started panicking and didn't know what else to do. He had a little moment and uh, Bailey turned on the intercom so the other residents can chime in and and help him out, walk him through how to do a cut and do this and that and the third. It was great. So I was, I'm glad that they all came together to help out. So that was a really good thing. Uh, what else we got going on here? I think I don't went through everything here. So getting back to uh, Meredith, she makes a decision. And in her decision, she decides, she goes with, uh, wanting to bring the lab to Grace Sloan. And the doctor in Minnesota said, no, we can't do that. It's going to cost too much money. And I don't have that much time. So then Meredith was like, okay, tell you what. He, she said, because I can't move to Minnesota. But I can set up a satellite lab in Seattle and I can travel here once a week. That's my best offer. And he went with it. So... That's that. So she's going to be traveling once a week to Minnesota. And I guess the guy that she's interested in lives in Minnesota. So this will give her another reason to come to Minnesota as well. Not just for work, but also to see date this guy that, like I said, that reminds me of her late husband. And that's really it. That was the uh, episode. We do see Wilson talking to Link and, you know, trying to get, you know, Link is still upset about the whole Amelia not wanting to get married. I really don't want to get in the weeds with that because it's like, okay, girl, whatever. <laughs> you know, this whole not getting married thing. I, okay, girl, if that's what you want, that's what you want. But that was the whole episode. I felt like um, it was a good episode. You know, um, I felt like we touched on a lot of really interesting subjects. Um, yeah, that's where we are right now. So I will come back next week. Talk to you later. Peace.